What's up, everyone? I'm Shaka Malik, and you're listening to the Who Drop the Popcorn podcast. The premise is simple. One of us picks the film that we know the others haven't seen, and we all come together here to discuss it. Joining us tonight is Dave McHugh. Let's put a nickel on the jukebox. Andy Newlands. McFly! <laughs> and all the way from the somewhat north of England, Kyle Hammond. McClunky. Here's your warning, we'll be going into heavy spoilers. So you haven't seen the film, we suggest you watch the film before listening to this. This episode's choice is Kyle. Kyle has chosen 1973's American Graffiti, written and directed by George Lucas and co-written by Gloria Katz and Willard Hoek. The film is set in 1962 in Modesto, California and centers around four teenage boys on the night before starting college. Kyle, why did you choose a film? Uh, well, Andy's last choice, he didn't have one, so he went with a film that I suggested to him. So I thought I'd return the favour and choose a film that I thought he would like. Um, let's, see, let's see how that pans out. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, it's been on my list to watch for a while because so I, I really like Star Wars, and obviously it's a George Lucas film. Just cruising Netflix one night, hey, see what I did there? And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just came across And you're so, cruising uh, outside as well, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you spoiled my joke there, but whatever. Um, oh, yeah, sort of. Knob your knob. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, it makes sense. So, so go on. Gear knob, whatever. But, uh, oh, okay, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, on Netflix and I saw that it uh, it was on and it said uh, leaving Netflix in three days. So I thought, right, I better watch it. So uh, I watched it for free and then you guys had to pay for it. <laughs> so it's not really for free, is it? Because you pay for Netflix. Oh, no, you don't pay for Netflix, do you? Yeah, no, I do pay for Netflix, yeah, I do. Fantastic. That's great. So, Andy, I know you gave me an initial reaction on the phone. So please be, well, well Kyle said he really enjoyed it. Um, so if you feel like you dislike the film, please be honest. You don't need to feel any under pressure, even though you haven't felt under pressure before to sort of turn your opinion <laughs> to a good one. But yeah, be honest and tell us your recap of the film. Hey, 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 what's that you say? It's Andy's articulate analysis. Right, so naturally, thanks, Kyle, because <laughs> you've chosen this film out of a nice place. Like, I, you know, I hope Andy likes it. Fucking hell. Right, so this <laughs> film... <laughs> like, they call it a coming of age. Well... What a lame coming of age. So basically, this film is about like a bunch of young guys and chicks. I'm calling them chicks because it's the style of the film. Don't write in about sexism. Just chill out. <laughs> and then like, um, they've just finished school or whatever it's called in America. I don't care. They finished it, right? <laughs> and then they're all about, they're all going off on their new adventures. Let's just say they're going to university, right? And then <laughs> some of them are like, oh, I don't want to go. I might not go. I might stay here, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then they meet at this diner. And then the next hour, oh God, it's just it's just like driving around, like this weird, creaky, like trying to just get off with each other. What the fuck is going on? It's just a film about Because <laughs> there was nothing else to do. Trying to have, like trying to get on with girls and like the girls are a bit, like Ron Howard's creepy. Then there's like this, this creepy guy that gets some, gets some 12-year-old in the car, which is a bit creepy. Harrison Ford is... <laughs> riding around just trying to get cast in Star Wars with a cowboy hat on acting a bit creepy. And right. You know, there's there's just, there's lots of things going on. Like, there's like subplots, like, you know, there's this, fuck, I don't even know, man, there's this white Cadillac riding around with this blonde lady in that this 
guy from Jaws falls in love with, and that's a subplot. And he ends up with the Wolf Man, who's like a jacked up Chris Evans. Uh, and then there's like um, <laughs> then a car goes missing. Then there's a fight. Then there's like some John Travolta gang who just go and fucking nick something. Then there is the one good scene in this is where they like fuck up a police car. That's quite cool. That is quite funny. Um, I'm not sure. Then there, then there's an airport. And then the, the plane leaves and he's Richard Dreyfus is looking at, at the ground and then the white Cadillac goes off. So I guess he's thinking, mm, could have stayed and tried to get with that girl, but I'm going on a new adventure. Ron Howard throughout this whole film is just trying to fuck a load of other women and trying to get his <laughs> girlfriend okay with that. And she's not okay with that. And they're in and out of the diner, in and out of the diner. There's every single 1950s song that you've ever heard apart from Elvis oh, yeah. for whatever reason. I presume that's some... Fucking somebody will know why the reason that it's is. And then the man. film, awesome soundtrack. Then the film ends. Um, it's a hard watch. It took me twelve to maybe twenty attempts to watch it. Oh, this is so out of order. Um, this is so out of order. This is so wrong. Films to be entertained. <laughs> this was it's fucking like TikTok. You watch it like so TikTok. It's so bad. God, your Harrison taste in films is uglier than I am. Totally given up. Well, that didn't come out That's right. That's my articulate analysis. Zero <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> I think Kyle was waiting for that joke and it just got sorry let me give you mm-hmm. some space Kyle everyone be quiet for Kyle's joke no it's gone mate it's gone it's alright I'll edit it so it sounded good I got it <laughs> I'll say it again later like, I'll just keep well, repeating it well, like, that, let's, all, let's all laugh <laughs> let's all laugh at the same time so you can edit that bit in no don't don't bother don't bother <laughs> ah, yes Kyle that's that brilliant. was an amazing joke if you press pause on this movie at any point whatever is on the screen just looking at that is better than watching the film because there's some. It cool does look great, in. doesn't it? It does the cars, look really cool. The cars, the and all the rest of it. But as soon as you press play again, <laughs> oh god, it's like it's like a twenty-five minute scene of this guy from "Hey, Mister Bart Simpson, can you buy me booze? Well, please mm. buy me booze." Oh, I like that god. scene. What do you mean? That's amazing, mate. It's like Team Wolf. It's like super bad. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. This is like a super bad from the fifties with no comedy. It, oh, by comedy. the way, it's, it's 1962, and you're Back to the Future joke. Doesn't make sense. It's like seven years later. You don't. You as a person don't make sense. <laughs> it does look well <laughs> fifty, so doesn't it? Kyle, the reason why you thought Andy would like this is because of the cars. Is that right? The cars, but yeah. I mean, what did we do when we were seventeen? We didn't call it cruising. We called it going for a burn, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, but it was, uh, we were, it was we a little were, less, we were, a little less rapey. We were doing things that we can't <laughs> say on the podcast. We were in a Ford Fiesta. It was just geezers. We weren't trying to get the Swedish girls. That was like Marco Hamlin trying to honestly oh, snow hill girl with <laughs> oh, Savinka again or whatever. And we were listening to Prodigy, Leftism, Oasis. It was quality. I just want to say, Kyle said a little less rapey. No, <laughs> I mean, just want to iterate. There was no rape going yeah, yeah, on. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, there was so, no rape with us. Yeah, but exactly, there is this yeah. undercurrent of creepy rapeness throughout this whole film. I, I just didn't, I didn't get on with it. It's just, it's so creepy. It's just a different time, man, a different time. It's a PG okay. as well. So we, we've got Andy's opinion and Kyle's opinion. Kyle really likes this film. What about you, Dave? You saw, when did you watch it first? Um, about four hours ago. Um, I thought it was really nice. I, I quite enjoyed it. I kind of, there's a bit of me that is like, it's sort of operating at a bit of a snail's pace and I can understand someone not particularly liking it. It's, yeah, coming of age films as always, I, I have not yet come, come of age, so I don't... You said that's your worst like genre of film, of, right? Yeah. But I did enjoy it. I thought it looked nice, but it wasn't funny. I didn't find... I, I, I very seldom laugh, and I thought this film might be a bit funnier. But I enjoyed it, and I really 
like that guy who was driving his cool yellow car. He yeah. was cool, dude. I really did his style. Yeah. <laughs> he was not a pedo. He was no, no. He was, he was an honourable gentleman. He could have just kicked you out of the car. He straight, he straight away noticed. He said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're too young. Yeah. Get out yeah, of the car." Yeah. That's what he said. He's a straight shooter. Yeah, and then he drove around with her all night. <laughs> and they were kiss at the end. So <laughs> the I would have just got to leave. Did he give her a kiss? On the yeah. cheek. On yeah. the cheek. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. all right then. Yeah. 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 If I got in my car now, went to fucking town and picked up a fifteen-year-old, <laughs> drove around for two hours, and then gave her a kiss on the cheek at the end, I'd be on the sex register. The you actress, uh, Mackenzie, what's her name? Mackenzie <laughs> Phillips. was 12 when they filmed this. Oh, what the fuck? No. Point, <laughs> point made. George Lucas is a nutcase. She doesn't look 12. No, her dad was in The Mummers and Puppers. But then again, like, it's funny. Like, they say the, these are all teenage boys. Fucking hell. They, I mean, I guess it's the look of that, that era, but they all look like they're in their 30s. The leader of the gang looks about 48. Yeah, they might have been a bit older. Richard Drapes looks like he's in mid 30s. It's always been like that. Like, yeah, even he was, tw- he was 21 when he filmed this man, but yeah. he looks like about 30, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Look how old they looked in Saved by the Bell and things like that. It's just always the way. And like, fuck me, what was that one? Dawson's Creek. They looked in their 40s and acted like they were in their 40s and spoke like they were in their 40s. I guess possibly a new, maybe this is sort of a new generation thing but if you watch a show like cobra kai the kids look like kids right because you're so old now but they're probably a bit no, older but then than again, but then Lisa, Lisa watches a program called sex education on netflix and fucking hell the a lot of them look like in their they're in their mid-30s like i'm just like watching going geez you all look so bloody old yeah like no but i'd say in cobra kai they look like kids yeah, in Cobra Crest, quite a good example. But generally, it's always the joke, isn't it? Like the Inbetweeners, they're all older than they were. It's, they're always older because they're actors. And it can but but Inbetweeners, I think in, in between us, they still look quite young, didn't they? So yeah. they were all in their early 20s, though, like yeah. um, when they filmed this. The only one that was slightly older, I think, was the um, John, Paul Lamatt. I think he was slightly older. Some people looked well, people did look well old back then, but more like I'm thinking more like in the early 60s rather than 1973. After watching this, I watched the conversation because obviously um, oh. some, of, some of the people from the conversation are in this. So uh, what's her name? Cindy Williams and Harrison Ford are in are in this. What do you think of the conversation? Oh, mate, oh. brilliant! I loved it. Loved it. It's brilliant. Oh wow! I'm proud of you. That is a film Newlands would hate. I don't. You know what? A Newlands. Newlands. Give it. Give the conversation a go. Gene Hackman is one of my favourite actors. So well, legend. Especially that film he did with that superstar that I used to like. All <laughs> oh, right, all right. That's really cryptic, and I'm trying to work it out. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's all we'll say on the matter. Yeah, Gene Hackman's 42 in that film. He looks way older. And uh, the guy from Godfather who's in it, he plays the boss. Oh, Robert Duvall. Yeah, Robert Duvall. Yeah. Robert Duvall's 42 in that as well. He looks about 60. Yeah, because he's always been so bald yeah. early doors. Robert Duvall is a legend. Oh, speaking of Robert Duvall, I'm sure the number plate said THX138. I'm sure it did. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 it did. Yeah, yeah. I never really I thought, noticed. I thought that, but I Kyle's. I thought that's. I'm sure Kyle's written that down as. Yeah, one it's of his on my list. Yeah, I'll see. Thx was George Lucas's first film that. Blocked. Kyle, have you seen yeah. Thx? Okay, but Dave, you have seen it. Yeah, quite recently. I need to watch it again though. It's, it's, it's some of it's incredible and some of it's a bit weird, but ultimately, I think after three or four watches, I will absolutely love that film. But that real equilibrium style to it. I really dig it. What is in this gone gun foo in it? <sighs> Mate, unfortunately not. <laughs> but yeah, no, more this is sort of suppression of human emotion. 
right? But yeah, okay. it's, it's a, yeah, it's a cool film. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. No, that's a blind spot for me. I, I, um, I, sh- I should be watching that, but I haven't seen it. No. So, uh, Andy, just let, let's sort yes, of mate. try and bring some positivity out of you for this. Yeah. Were there were there actually cars? We were were like, wow, look at that car, <laughs> look at that. Yeah, car. Yeah. So, yeah, like I just I used to play with those little metal um, hot wheels. I guess they were called. Yeah. And like the yellow car, I just I distinctly remember like having one of those. Yeah, and seeing the engine. I have an insane love for Back to the Future. Like an ins- so just seeing those 50s, 60s cars cruising around on screen, that that alone is cool. And that's kind of what oh, I know I've been fancy before, but it, when you do just pause it and you see, well, a bit like Blood Simple, there are just some insane <laughs> shots. So, yeah, I, I did enjoy that. And the, the mad drag race when fucking Han Solo, like, veers off the road and stuff, like, <laughs> all of that is cool. Um, and like Kyle was saying earlier, like, I, I am probably one of the biggest cruisers in my day, All right. I was such a cruiser. <laughs> I love to cruise. Dave probably owes me about fifteen thousand pounds worth of petrol. <laughs> so yeah, the cars were cool, but like, um, oh, just I don't know, mate. Not as cool as the fucking Batmobile out of the Batman. <laughs> They're just worlds apart. Worlds apart. Nice, nice. That drive um, was confusing because Christopher uh, Ford like crashes for no reason. He just crashes <laughs> on a straight road. But also, like at the end. Um, John's like, uh, oh, I was losing. He wasn't. He was in front. He was in front. Yeah. And then Harrison Ford just crashes. Uh, I think he, I think he sort of intentionally said that, though. I think he knew. Like, yeah. I think it was obvious that he won, and he knew he was winning. I think he was just saying that. That's all. That's what I think. That very last scene with him and Toad when they're chatting, uh, George Lucas was like, we need to film that scene now. And we're like, oh, we've not learned those lines. So just like, oh, I'll just make it up. Yeah. So that whole, right. yeah, lo- loads, loads of the whole script was uh, kind of thrown out and they just made it up. That's like when Star Wars, when um, when Anakin says, I don't like sand, it's coarse and rough <laughs> and irritating and it gets everywhere. <laughs> Another classic Lucas fucking. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, but George Lucas is notorious for that where he does one or two takes and then just moves on. And dad's like, no, 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 I need another take to you know because i didn't deli- deliver it properly apparently there there's one line that um the blonde girl Debbie. she she fluffers her line yeah yeah um What's this? she fluffs her line and so like the actress was actually quite unhappy that she wasn't able to sort of just um do it again so when the guys rob the store and toad comes back <laughs> with a liquor uh and yeah. he passes it to her she's like did you get it did you get it yeah yeah he's like yeah i got it so she fluffed the line but george lucas kept that in there's actually quite a few other mistakes that he kept in as well so you know he crushes his vesper at the beginning yeah that wasn't meant to happen he actually just crashed it and he kept that in um when that's quite cool you know when they throw the water balloon uh in the car and it hits her in the face and she starts laughing straight away so it was supposed to hit the window next to her and she's supposed to be really angry but she, because oh, he hit in the face, she probably just started laughing, like in real life, and he kept that one in as well. She was my favourite character in the whole film, actually. I felt like she was the most realist, and Ron Howard was my least favourite because he was the most, yeah, sex creepy. Yeah, Ron was a douche. Yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah, he's barely in it though, Ron Howard. Really, he's as like one of the lead characters. He's probably got the least lines out of the four dudes. When did Happy Days start? I think it was around the same time. So apparently, the pilot was was made just before they started making this film. And I think I think George Lucas may have seen that pilot before making this film. Is oh, that wow. right, Kyle? Did anyone name the family in Happy Days off the top of their head? Cunningham. The Cunninghams. Yes! You legend. I thought you were actually going to say, like, name them all. Like, Harold. 
I can Ralph name Mark and the Fonz. That's what I can name. <laughs> and Laverne and Shirley. I don't know which one was in this film, Laverne or Shirley. Did you say Mark? Did you say Mark? Mark. Mark and Mindy. Mark and was a spin-off of Happy Days. What? What? I don't remember there being many aliens in Happy Days, you know. I didn't know that. that. Did you not know this? Did you not know that? No. I did not know that. Yeah. So the, an episode of Happy Days was a backdoor pilot for Mork and Mindy. Oh, wow. Right. Interesting. Richie and Matt are just at the diner and then an egg. No, no, no. So without this Robin film, Williams you wouldn't out. have had Happy Days. So you wouldn't have had the Fonz. You wouldn't have had one Howard being a huge star and becoming a huge director. You wouldn't have had um, Robin Williams becoming a huge star. So, yeah. Fucking hell. comes back to this film. Jesus. Jesus. I reckon Robin. I reckon Robin Williams would have still made I'm so it. pissed off at the font. Or maybe not Ron Howard in the in the screen films as that. I was just like, what the fuck is the font? Oh, he's probably on the dog? dole, man. Give him a break. He needed some cash, <laughs> man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, this leather jacket don't fit no more. <laughs> that's, that's Dave's only option of existing. Is he's probably on the dole. If you haven't heard when he, he's done anything, he's probably on the dole. Dave, what, what did you love about the film? It's interesting because no one cares. Yeah, because it's kind of hard to completely <laughs> describe why I like this film. I liked it. Yeah, exactly. What was the point of me asking Dave? Because yeah. he, whenever I do that, whenever I say, "What's your favorite part of the film?" We, I did the same thing for Riders of Justice. Said, "What, what was the high, what, were your, what were your favorite parts of the film?" He's like, "Well, this isn't a film that has highlights. It doesn't have a good part or a bad part." It's like, <laughs> for the f- just answer a simple fucking question. Your favorite part yeah. of the film. But this, this to me. Maybe him trying to get booze was my favourite bit of the film, but it just it, it runs at a snail's pace. It's just quite a nice watch. It looks amazing. The soundtrack is killer. I just I enjoyed it. It was an enjoyable film, but it didn't make me laugh at all. So that was a bit upsetting. I thought this might have a bit of a joke in it. I wasn't expecting Animal House. This was made in 1973. Uh, so yeah, it's listed as a comedy, though, isn't it? So mm, there is, yeah. I, there's not a, a ton of jokes. No, there, I mean. Kind of the main jokes were with Toad and uh, Debbie, weren't they? Like, which is like, oh, pull out. I love it when guys pull out and just like innuendo, basically. But still, I was like, yeah, yeah Toad was great. Toad was, I really liked him. And he was sort of the antithesis of the cooler guy, but their relationship was quite sweet. And when he date those two guys and stuff, yeah, it's got its, this film's got its moment. It's kind of interesting that someone who's really intelligent, going back to the sort of Richard Dreyfus character, is suddenly going to risk everything to smash up a police car. It's just like, <laughs> fucking hell. But I suppose I'd you wasn't going to get an Richard, Dre- Richard Dreyfus is really good in this film. He's really good. I think everyone's really good. Yeah. Yeah, he is good, isn't he? He's kind of like a bear. I always find him like a cuddly little bear, isn't he? <laughs> Especially in Jaws. He's a real cuddly right, bear. So what's your one-word review, then? <laughs> bear. <laughs> I like where uh, when, he, when he's finally on the, the phone to the girl, um, he's just like, he's not playing it cool. Always like, I love you. You're the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's like, play it cool, man. Be aloof. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's kind of crossed that bridge already, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Kyle, what was your specific favourite parts of the film? Well, yeah, so I'm going to say a bit of a Dave, but yeah, all of it. I loved all of it, man, because uh, <laughs> I, I do love a slow burn. What I also love is when films kind of all split off in different directions and all come together at the end. Yeah, there's another George Lucas film like that. Return of the Jedi. No, Empire Strikes Back, isn't it? Yeah, well, and Return of the Jedi. The final fight at the end, they're all separate, aren't they? Um, anyway, yeah, so they all go off in their separate ways and come together at the end, and apparently... So when you said there's lots of subplot, it was basically all subplot, wasn't it? Yeah. I love, just loved it. I mean, I love films where kind of nothing really happens. You know, like Eyes Wide Shut. I fucking love that film. It's just a lot of just walking around and nothing really is going on, but I just love the whole vibe of it. Yeah, I need to watch that again. 
See, that's interesting because, like, I wouldn't expect you to say that about films. It's it's weird, isn't it? It's, it you've got to get me at a specific time, so it's got to be night time. But I'm not. Tired. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. If, it, yeah, if you're tired, weird. it's not going to happen. So it's very rare that it actually happens. So a lot of the films that we've watched, I've had to like finish the following day or following night, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. With this one, I just weird. I was just sat, couldn't couldn't keep my eyes off it. And I've watched it twice now, both times. In fact, I loved it even more the second time. Like the stuff yeah, that I missed. Nice, like, nice. I didn't even. Like some of the one-liners, I didn't really get the first time, but I, I caught them this time. Well, it's what I said about uh, Jellicetu, where the film is less about plot and story beats and more just having the camera as sort of like a fly in the wall yeah, and yeah, just sort yeah. of drop you in the middle of sort of it. So you, so you can sort of have an understanding of the time and place. And I think, you know, there's quite a sort of a, a European style of filmmaking, like before those filmmakers like Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, George Lucas, you know, all those people, they went to USC. And that's those Spielberg are the type well. of films. Spielberg, again, those are the types of films that they were they would watch while sort of studying. So, but yeah, I, I, I sort of, I do agree that this is really just capturing an experience rather than, but the thing is, is that, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna. I'm kind of partly agreeing with Andy in the fact that you know, what I just said regarding being in the same room with these people, stuff like that. It's that's. I appreciated that part of it, but I wouldn't like to hang out with any of these people. These people are a bunch of geeks, and uh, I think they're they're quite. I mean, who's well, hold on. Like no, no, all? it's like geeks with a hard mate in it. John's like their their hard mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'd like to be in this movie. I'd like to be in that diner having a strawberry milkshake and then <laughs> riding my car. I'd like to be immersed in this type of environment. But you're right, the, I, these characters were just such fucking losers and pedos. Yeah. It was like, how the fuck can you get behind? Them? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Pedos, I mean, we've all, we've all, we've all, yeah, we've all agree, we all agree that Rod and Howard's a dick. You wouldn't want to hang out with him. <laughs> no um, way. Every and... other guy he speaks to fucking loves him as well. I don't get it. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I don't want to be cruel cool to Ron Howard, but he's known Brad Pitt, right? <laughs> I tell you. So, <laughs> what the fuck he was, yeah, he was yeah. kind of cute before he went bald, I'd say. Jeez, cut, <laughs> Dave, this is, there's <laughs> lots of... You're saying Richard Drake is the cuddly bear. You say that... <laughs> now you fancy Ron, Ron Howard. What's happening? Ron Howard's kind of cute. Yeah, um, he's got that happy days sort of grin. He was likable in Happy Days, though. Like oh, anyway. Why didn't you wank off George Lucas, though? Oh. Oh, dude, okay. <laughs> I actually would. Spunk calls. <laughs> Return of the pedo. Look, they were just, there's they no were... pedophilia in this, man. He was like a, yeah, he's a perfect they're, gentleman. They're, teenage, they're teenagers like, trying to pick up other teenagers. It's just, nah. They're just hormonal. When he's got in his car, he's like, oh, fuck. In the shop, he said, he said straight away, you're too young, no. But he's kind of stuck with her. And like the police come and she's like, I'm going to say that you touch me. He's like, all right, I've, I better leave this girl alone. And they end up having fun. She's like, let's get the shaving foam out and just spray that car while you flatten their tires. <laughs> Andy did bring up that. Um, oh, God. I, I was going to say something. I can't remember now. They put me off. <laughs> no, I've lost it now. Gave her a kiss. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Andy brought up um, Back to the Future. The funny thing is that Back to the Future, there's a... Got off with his mum. There's a plot point of, I have to pretend to rape my mum yeah. in order to in order for my dad to be a hero. This sort of, this subplot ends with him pretending to get on with the girl so that she could tell him where, he, where she lives. It's like... 
What's the answer to our problems? Rape. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but there you go. Yeah, that's... Uh, there you go. Um, so, uh, Kyle. Actually, no, no, no. There, there was there was a pedo. There was that teacher who was. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that oh, teacher. Yeah, was, oh my god, Richard Davis's oh, yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah. yeah. What, this girl's all right. At the end, he's Why like, puts his arm around the girl and walks off. I'm like, wow. That yeah. makes no sense to be in that. It's just the whole. Oh, Lucas <laughs> needs his head examined. It's so <laughs> weird. That no, probably that happened at school just, though. That's the culture though. That is. This that's is something autobiographical in it. This film. Yeah. Okay. Young girls. There was no. There was yeah, no sort that. of um, the lines were blurred about oh that age is too young they, in that in that sort of era it doesn't yeah, really you if, know if this is a, if this is a direct screen portrayal of his experiences as a young man then I can't argue that but as a viewer I'm very uncomfortable. How old was Jerry Lewis's girlfriend and wife? Yeah, that, I can't remember. Fourteen. Yeah, like, exactly. Priscilla Presley right. was young, wasn't she, when she married Elvis? Yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, it's just a sort of weird culture thing. But there you go. Um, Kyle, what else? Toad has one of the worst haircuts in cinema history. <laughs> it's awful. It's worse than Hawkeye's in Endgame. <laughs> yeah, because he sort of hasn't quite committed to challing it back properly, has he? It's no, it's weird. like too short on top, but then the sides yeah. are almost slick back. Yeah. So apparently Harrison Ford wears a hat because he's like, I'm not cutting my hair in this shit 50s style. <laughs> so I'm going to wear a hat instead. <laughs> so gitty Harrison Ford. Huh? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to cut my hair. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you who's got the weirdest haircuts of all the actors in the world is John Travolta. He just cannot rock a good hairdo. Like, he's bald, he's though, bald and he's in Pulp Fiction. He's got that mad do. And then he's in that Star Galactica film with all these fucking... Mm. Look up his haircuts <laughs> over the years. He's a weird looking dude. D- Dave, have you seen Staying Alive? Maybe, maybe like, yeah, maybe once, yeah. When you're saying Staying Alive, you mean... Literally staying alive. The the re, uh, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, is it a sequel? I can't remember. It's directed by Sylvester Stallone, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, because he's like a dancer in a in a kind of Hollywoody type show. Because I love yeah. Saturday Night Fever. I think it's a great film. Yeah, but yeah, staying alive. Hmm. Yeah, and to be honest, you know what? Sat- Saturday Night Live is. <laughs> I would say Saturday has sort of like a. <laughs> so it's gone downhill since the seventies. Had a great. Saturday Night Fever is quite a similar style of this film as well, I guess, in the fact it's sort of capturing yeah. a, a time and a place and youth and kind of, you know, what you got up to after school and all that stuff, you know. And it's mad uh, to think that's only 15 years later from this 77 to 62 saying it's just mad. Yeah. I just, I just, it's just so weird. And frankly, I don't think things have particularly changed that much in the last 30 years, really. I know obviously there's been social media and the internet exploding and stuff, but I still think well, that's a fad. It would be weird doing a film. So, yeah, 62 and the film came out in 73, didn't it? Uh, American Graffiti. It'd be weird to do a film now set 11 years ago. So, 2011. What was I know, 2011? Be, I know there'd be nothing, really, nothing to define it, it yeah. is there? Yeah. Whereas with what had happened between kind of American Graffiti and the uh, when it came out, so between sixty two and, and seventy three, like Kennedy Same. was killed, Vietnam, the British invasion, Woodstock. Yeah, like, it's just if incredible. You look, if you look at um, like no one's really, no one's doing drugs, are they in American Graffiti? Whereas in the late sixties, fucking everyone did drugs. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, because it's so different. I don't know. Possibly it's because. I don't think that's really a comment on that era. I think that's probably just got to do with George Lucas and what he what he did and what he didn't do. 
at that time. If you look at like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles at that time in 62 and then compare them in sort of the late 60s, it's yeah. like... <laughs> well, I've been to India for six months yeah. and I'm now on this liquid mm. heroin every day, yeah. Dave, you were talking about how much you like the soundtrack. Tell us what you liked about the soundtrack. Well, the soundtrack is just killer. It just perfectly fits the film. But it's not too difficult to make an amazing soundtrack for a film. You're setting in 62, you've got about a five-year window of good tracks. So, But yeah, they really nailed the soundtrack. That is an awesome, awesome soundtrack. He, he actually wrote the songs in the scripts, didn't he? Which is interesting. You'd need to sort of like... What? What does that mean? So when he's, when he's writing a scene, he'd put like, in the background, he's playing Bloody Blah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Walk so, around the clock. Yeah, whatever, and, yeah. and it's quite, quite dangerous because you may not get the song cleared, you know, for the film. Um, so um, I think, you know, for Baby Driver, Edgar Wright actually, before he started writing, like actually like doing like a finished draft, he actually spoke to the music supervisor or the film and said, here's my list of songs. Can you make sure like mm. we, we can secure these these songs? Yeah, because so, Baby like, Driver is almost the other on. direction, isn't it? It's almost like the other way around. Baby Driver is the extreme opposite, isn't it? It's like, he, I could have imagined him actually coming out of the soundtrack before the film. It's just mad. Yeah. The music budget for the film was £2,000 per song and there's 40 songs, so 80, 80 grand. Whereas today... You'd be talking like five hundred thousand a million per song. What? Yeah, that's that's what that's what artists charge for your, your song to be in a film. Really? Unless you're like oh, friends no. with the director, like Morrissey said to Jonah Hill, yeah, you can use this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after that letter. Oh, yeah, yeah, but otherwise, yeah, otherwise yeah. it's crazy money. Yeah, it's well worth writing a letter, isn't it? But yeah, best. yeah, that band was really cool. I like the band, like the live band that were playing at the, Louis, at the school dar. Yeah. Oh, Dave, have you seen um? Have you seen Days and Confused? Yeah, man. So I think the first song in Days and Confused was Aerosmith's Free, uh, Sweet Emotion. It's all right. So uh, I can't remember, so, man. So and he said, Richard Linklater said, the the cost of putting that first song in, in the film within the first five minutes was more than the whole entire budget <laughs> of his debut film, uh, Slackers. So yeah, it's like wow. you know, if, if you, and even uh, Danny Boyle said that him making that Beatles film about you know that film yesterday, he says that is the most expensive budget item that he's sort of ever worked with. That and Leonardo DiCaprio's salary in the beach were like two of the most <laughs> most expensive like budget items that he's ever <gasps> spent on a film. The thing is though, the, the Beatles are next level. The Beatles are never on the radio. Yeah, they charge weird, they charge more man. per play than. Uh, because everyone else on like a standard thing, like so much per play, but the Beatles write their own rules, man. So like they're never on compilations, they're never on, never on the radio because it's too expensive. Never on adverts or anything. Well, actually, no. Go, Kyle, what about your highlights of the soundtrack? Yeah, oh man. So uh, I mean, there's no, there's no score at all, is there? It's all just songs, and it's literally back to back. The only times there's not really any music is when they're in the that woods bit where the the goat killer is chasing them as such, and then the bit where he's uh, about to do the uh, the cop car. Um, but they kind of use um, ambient noise instead of uh, music. Use your score would kind of build yeah, that tension, yeah. but they use kind of like ambient noises t- to do that. But oh, man, there's so many great songs. I mean, favorite songs, maybe Booker T and the MGs, Green Onions. Yeah. Love that song. But oh. it's probably Del Shannon, Runaway. I absolutely love that song. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, how it is you, awesome. How about you, Andy? Did you have, were there any needle drops that sort of you remember? But- no, it's kind of, I kind of, oh God, 
like Dave was saying, it's just it just felt like I'd gone into Woolworths and just picked now three. No, that's what I call like, the fifties, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was just like, right, we'll just play this then. So not really. I just, I just wasn't surprised at any point. Like I just throughout the film, I just wish I was in the Ford Fiesta listening to Prodigy. <laughs> what about you, Shafi? Uh, so yeah, I would like to talk about probably like one of my favourite songs of all time, which is the Flamingos I and the Apple Ice for you. You're gonna say that. <clears throat> like that. How does that go? Oh, man. The thing is, so this is what I'm going to talk about, because it's a film, for me, that's a song that no matter how many times, because it's been used so many times in different films and, and TV. To be honest, the first time I heard it was when I was a kid watching Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. <laughs> when there's like that a was romantic, amazing! Intimate scene. <laughs> but, I, but, like... Terry Hatch, no a shout-out. No matter <laughs> how many times I've, I've sort of seen, heard that song, seen it in films being used. Like, I still think there's just something about that song. It's just, it's unlike any other song ever written. I think. You know, it's just, it's spooky. It's like mm-hmm. romantic. It's sexy. Chew-up-wup, whatever the word, I don't know what the words are. But it's like, chew-up-wup. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's echoey. It's, I mean, you, it's categorized as a doo wop song, but it sounds unlike any other doo wop song. It's almost well. like, it's so atmospheric, like it's like Joy Division esque, isn't it? Like dark and. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just such a unique song. It should be snowing. It should be always snowing. That's actually a cover version because that song was actually written in 1934, I think. Oh, wow. um, and it sounds completely different, you know, that original version. And um, Frank, Frank Sinatra did a version as well. But yeah, it's like, it's just like, it's just this gorgeous song. And as I said, if I hear it, I don't think, because there are lots of songs which sort of have lost its power because of the way it's been used in kind of certain films and you know, adverts and stuff like that. But I feel like that song, no matter what, how many times it's used, is even like a cover versions by Boys to Men and stuff like that, <laughs> which the Flamingos actually <laughs> featured on. Uh, they still can't even recap, they try and recapture that sound, but it's such a unique sound that sounds unlike any other song like, ever made, I think. Yeah, because the Fugees did the cover was sort of not really they cover, but it, sorry, yeah. not really sample. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that is yeah. a great. That sounds great as well. Yeah, that, that's yeah, actually so, a good use of that sample, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it works really well, doesn't it? So, I uh, so for the viewers, um, I asked this question early on the yes, week. Here we go. I thought the uh, I put the question towards everyone about what their favorite soundtracks uh, were in films. So, like favorite so not not score not kind of a composer doing a score but favorite collection of songs specifically specifically for a film so um let's start with you andy because you seem the most excited about (laughs) your choices you're still compiling your list it looks like i got so many (laughs) let me get through every single one of them and then if you want to pick a few to discuss and maybe if we all agree on some I've got about, I don't know, 15 I here, right? I really? bet, well, I've got seven on my list, and I bet they're all on your list. Oh, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. All right. Okay. Top Gun, Kill Bill, Pulp Fiction, Goodfellas, Sister Act, The Bodyguard, <laughs> Romeo Act. and Juliet, Eight Mile, NWA, John Wick, Blade, Train Spotting, Godzilla, Moonwalker, The Greatest Showman, <laughs> Matrix, and Home Alone. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carl, you have to edit a Tim Westwood 
bomb explosion <laughs> noise. <there. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about you? So, Kyle, Kyle, did Andy get any of yours or? No, only Pulp Fiction. Already, oh. okay. Yeah, so I've got Donnie Darko. Yes. Uh, I've put, put Lockstock and Snatch because I can't remember which yeah. were on which. Perfect. Snatch was okay, but Lockstock was unreal. Forrest Gump. Yeah, great show. Oh, yeah. Forrest Forrest expensive one. Yeah, man. Yeah, to the max. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Drive, uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, This is Spinal Tap, and Frozen. I knew you were going to say Drive because uh, you're, you're a big fan of that film in general, aren't you? Yeah, well, I've only seen it once, but. I've proper loved it, yeah. And I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, a bit, I'm a bit scared to rewatch it. No, I don't. It gets better with every watch. Oh, really? Yeah, I love it. I've not rewatched oh, No man. Time to Die. I've not rewatched Skyfall. I'm just, I don't want to like tarnish. Wow. Yeah. You've not rewatched Skyfall, considering it's no. been on TV so many times. No, 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 no. Not rewatched it, no. I can't believe you didn't say Sister Act. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite song in the Sister Act soundtrack? Mm. Uh, by the way, how come you haven't mentioned Sister Act 2? What, do you prefer... Oh, happy the... day. Oh, happy day. Oh, fuck, is that Sister oh, Act 2? happy day, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean, mate. Sister Act oh. 2, then. Do you know who directed that film? George Lucas. Harvey Keitel. <laughs> no, seriously, Shafi, do you know? David Lynch. No, Bill Duke. Is it Michael Bay? Bill Duke directed <laughs> Sister, Sister Act 2. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I didn't even know he was a director. <laughs> Who's not? <laughs> My favourite song, Shaki, from Sister Act was I Will Follow Him. It, that's amazing, that bit. So, I will follow him. Yeah, I will I follow will, so him. We that was when the sequel right there was signed. Done. Nice, nice. And Joyful, um, Joyful in Sister Act 2 as well, when um, fucking what's her name? Just reminds me of school, man, it? having to sing at school. Ugh. Yeah, no, mate. I was on Songs of Praise when I was in the Petit Chantex. And oh, the shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had yeah. tired curtains as well. So, talking of pedos. Um... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Harry Seacom. Fuck you. Outrageous. All our Catholic listeners, Shafi, have just have gone now. That's it. Yeah, sorry. Um, uh, what was your tell us your experience to Song of Praise? What, what happened? Songs of Praise was amazing. So they came into um, <laughs> to St Luke's Church and they made us all like like stand in line and stuff. And then um, we all had to like wear our robes. We did three takes. Cameras were in our faces, and then we had to wait months and months and months. And I remember when it was televised. When I got my close up, back then, I never heard my mum like scream of delight like that. No jokes. This is not the moment for jokes like that. It was. <laughs> But it was amazing. I've still got the VHS somewhere. Like, like, wow. Honestly, I'll dig it out. You need to convert, you need to convert that shit to digital, man. Yeah. Keep no, it forever. I, like. I think you were about to say you need to convert to Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it was great. The song was I Saw Three Ships. I don't know if you, uh, if you know that one. I Saw Three Ships. Shafi, in the holy month of Ramadan, you can't be singing those songs, man. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, so uh, Dave, what are your favourite uh, soundtracks? Yes, I'm looking forward to this. So, so like, yeah, Trainspotting might be my favourite. 
Lock stock yeah. is unreal. The boogie I'll night tell you, soundtrack what, what's your, is unreal. So let's talk about. Ooh, it, yeah, like, we, let's we, just immediately. Wait, talk wait, 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 wait. You, <laughs> you mentioned it. train spotting. Andy said train spotting as well. What um, yeah. what are favorite songs from the same train spotting soundtrack? Well, sing by Blur is absolutely yeah. brilliant. Nightclubbing by Iggy Pop is unreal. Blur, no, not Blur. I'm sorry. Um. And then what's the Common People song? It, but it's not, it's like a B side from Common People by Pulp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the what I was going to talk about. Uh, I, can't uh, I can't think. But it's a great Are you song. About the Pulp song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mile End. Mile yeah. End. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done, well done. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Like Primal Scream, Underworld, Left Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really good. That shot when they're in the on the bus going down to London and left field, yeah. what a final hit kicks in. It's just like, yeah. oh man. <laughs> so what? What other soundtracks did you say? So um, you said, yeah, Train I love the Logstock. The Logstock soundtrack is great because a lot of those songs I would have never heard. There's just some weird, great songs on that album. Maybe because I was only sort of fifteen, I might have found a few of them. But yeah, that's great. Boogie Nights, that is unreal. That's yeah, fantastic. A lot of the Wes, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the Wes Anderson films are great soundtracks, but they're kind of weird alternative versions and stuff like that. You've got to dig here. Yeah, Goodfellas, that's pretty cool. Um, American Graffiti now is right up there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Oh god, yeah, thank you, The Crow. Oh my god, that is fantastic. But it, it does have it's sort of if you listen to that album, it starts great and sort of finishes quite poor. But yeah, starts great. Yeah, Donnie Darko, that's a really cool shout by Kyle. Yeah, that's a great yeah. shout. That yeah. is a great shout. Oh, the Ki- Killing Moon is a great song. Yeah, I know. It suits that opening scene so yeah. much. That Tears of Fears, that Tears for Fears song, yeah. when they first go in the high school. Dun, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. Did, uh, Andy, did you mention Godzilla? Yeah, 98. Did you have a favourite song from? Every song on that album is good. Puff Daddy, The Green Day, Brain Stew. Oh, I love awesome. that song. Like it's honestly, get. I remember getting again. Shout out to Woolworths. Like, mate, rest in peace. Getting the Godzilla <laughs> album was one of my greatest cruising CDs as well. <laughs> Food Jackie Fighters. Brown. Jackie, Jackie Brown's a great soundtrack. Oh, Jackie Brown, mate, that's a great shout. Yeah, that's yeah, really to be good. Honest, that's my favorite Tarantino soundtrack. I think I just lean towards Pulp Fiction. So, Shuffy, you, you didn't listen to any then. You've, you, off the top of your head, you can probably. Have you guys watched a film called Dogtown and Z Boys? Oh mate, yeah, I watched all it the time. Early, <laughs> no, that, I think that's um, you probably you guys would probably like that. That's that was sort of like the it's it's a documentary set in the seventies about the first, when like skateboarding first became popular in uh, like, cool, like California, and that's the soundtrack for that's really good. Yeah, there's a really good soundtrack for that. Um, as far as like hip hop is concerned, uh, there's a film called Boiler Room, which isn't a very good film, but th- there's like a col- collection of like nineties hip hops, you know, kind of classics. In, in is that, that with Ben Affleck? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's not very. It's not good. It's not a good film. Office Space is a killer soundtrack. Oh shit! Office oh, Space is a fantastic <laughs> soundtrack. That's yeah. like. Bushwick Bill and yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's a great sound. Good, nice shout, uh, uh, Dave. That's a great soundtrack. People don't talk about Office Space Shout out to Matt Damon as well for the soundtrack to Ocean's Eleven. (laughs) Shout out to Matt Damon. 
<laughs> we almost got for an episode about we've got Matt Damon. Yeah, I was going to say, how can I segue this in? <laughs> Fear of repeating ourselves. Uh, what Mike was saying on our last episode, uh, Grace Point Blank. Great oh gosh, yes. Oh yeah, great. yeah. Oh legend. That's a great soundtrack, right? Yeah. No got, one mentioned. Um, even though I was talking about mirroring the bathroom and the beat, but no one mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're not talking about Moonwalker more. <laughs> Moonwalker. <laughs> I think we talked about Moonwalker a few episodes ago. That's why. We should talk about it every episode. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Let's go over it again. What's your favourite Michael Jackson music video, Andy? Don't say ghosts. Oh, whatever. whatever. Yeah. What's that one with Don't Miami Campbell? It's like cleaning out my closet. <laughs> <laughs> cleaning out my closet? Yeah, uh, in the desert, walking around that white pillar. That's quality. And then the other one. Is Wesley Snipes in Mexico and he's in that red shirt. He's like, he's in bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck, he's in bad. Guess who died? And you know who directed bad, right? It was... George um, Lucas. George (laughs) Lucas. Him that hates Marvel. I forgot. Honestly, I have brain block when I come on this podcast. Martin Scorsese. Yeah, Martin Scorsese, yeah. I did know that, yeah. What's the one where Dan Aykroyd's up in a fucking director's chair and... <laughs> that's, that's Liberian Liberian girl. Girl. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> right, Shaf, my, my real answer to that, right, is remember the time. Wow, that's a great you video. Remember, that's the Egypt uh, Eddie Murphy one, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the second yeah. one is the one with the donkey in it because that's nuts. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. The that's what I was gonna say. That's my favorite. Yeah, that that's the first time I real like, I remember thinking like. See, like it's probably not, but like when I think back to when did I first see animated stuff, that, that donkey is the first imprint in my mind. I mean, I'm what's guessing the, it probably hasn't aged, aged that well. Speed Demon. What's not a donkey? So which bits of the film are actually in the, the video? Because the bit where the, the the mom and the son are like, it's Michael Jackson! Yeah, and their yeah. faces yeah. goes, that shit me up as a kid, man. Yeah, me too, mate. <laughs> is that me in too. the video or is that just in the film? No, it's in the video mm. because this video is the video. always it's that the whole video. Yeah. Michael Jackson! The donkey's the, the head thing he puts on, Dave, where he tries to get away from the paparazzi. It's like a rabbit. Like spike. It's a rabbit, isn't it? Yeah, Spike. Oh, it's a rabbit, isn't it? That's why. Yeah, it's a rabbit. I was just dancing with my friend Spike. Spike, <laughs> <laughs> spike. Yeah, spike. Donkey. <laughs> no, it's donkey. Donkey from Shrek. Eddie, no, <laughs> Chill out, Eddie. He's everywhere. <laughs> Michael Jackson music videos from the early 90s still look great today, just like the Adams Family still looks fucking great today. Early well, 90s, even the worst video is better than American Graffiti, so shout out to Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a bit creepy as well, actually, so there's a crossover. <laughs> yeah, so I love this pedo-centric, <laughs> this pedo-centric theme for this episode. We're talking about songs of praise. We're talking about... <laughs> 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 wow! I didn't train see this coming. Jesus. What's Peter about spotting? What? Oh yeah, Ooh, yeah. She's the... Kelly. Oh, yeah, whatever her name yeah, is, yeah. is like fourteen, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kelly McDonald. That's her name. Yeah. So back to the film. Oh, oh, you know, a soundtrack. I forgot to. I forgot to mention the Hackers soundtrack because that was when there was sort of like a boom of those like electronic bands. You know that were. I'm doing like quote unquote bands because they were they were sort of marketed that way as like bands, even though they were like two guys behind a, a mixing desk. And that was sort of like 
like Chemical Brothers, Left Field, uh, Underworld. Some fair not to call them bands, though. No, that, 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 that's because most non-bands in that genre are generally one-hit wonders, aren't they? So if you look at things like The Prodigy and Chemical Brothers, obviously not. Prodigy, it's for hackers. I'm not sure. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Or not? Yeah, it's the Angela Jolie and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee Miller. Ha- there's, a, there's, a really, there's a couple of really good, like, well-edited Prodigy tracks in that film. There's one where they're, they're doing, like, a, a montage of them, like, competing in, like, who does the best hack. Uh, and that's to one love. So what one love that there, there's that montage of them hacking. It's it's really well cut to to what you're seeing on screen. But then, as you guys said, voodoo people was sort of like the action climax at the end, and that's really well edited as well. Um, so yeah, sorry, just wanted to bring that up. Nah, I never apologize talking about project. Eighth <laughs> <laughs> of June, nineteen ninety-seven. Fat the Lamb was released. Another trip to I was telling Lizza about music for the Jilted Generation. It felt like a whole year was listening to that album. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, man. Like, it didn't matter, like, what sort of social yeah. circles you had or whatever. Like, it felt like everyone, like, loved that album. I, I remember just everyone, everyone just replaying the first intro bit to Poison because he goes, I'm trying to write yeah. this fucking tune, man. And it was <laughs> yeah. like... There's a bit of swearing. That's, you know. <laughs> My first CD I ever got was given to me outside of Sounds Workshop by Shafi Malik. It was in 1995, I think. Mm. No, nah, it must have been soon. It was Skilo, I wish. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I got that for you for your birthday. What, the single? Oh, I wish I had. Yeah, yeah, I got it for him for I his birthday. I was a little yeah. bit taller. <laughs> had you heard the song before I gave that? No, like every, everything you ever spoke to me about was new. <laughs> I didn't know, and it was great. Everything, every day was an adventure with Shappy Malik. I, I just, nice, nice. I just like, I'd leave your house at like seven pm, and between somehow between seven pm and nine am the next day, you'd have these mad adventures. There was no internet. I don't know how you did it. Nice. Older siblings, man. I'm sure Shafi was knocking on his brother and sister's door. What cool stuff can I talk to our mates at school about today, please? <laughs> yeah, right. Fucking my brother listened to Guns and Roses, so yeah, no, legend, mate, well. legend. Right, he's on Teletext trying to get the latest thing. <laughs> One thing I find quite interesting about George Lucas in general, well, I definitely think about this sort of era is how his film sort of, maybe I'm sort of looking too much into it. I think I was t- talking to Andy about this, actually, when we went to watch like The, the Force Awakens, I was t- saying, but I feel like there's sort of like a large theme of his films has got to do with how he felt about Vietnam. So this sort of, this film, it makes like a, for a good pre-Vietnam film. It's basically capturing like a time of innocence yeah, before yeah. like leaving but there feels like there's an anxiety about leaving the, the you know your to your town in order to sort of you know go into adulthood and for a lot of people kind of going in that generation of that age in that era it probably felt the same as well even though these specific characters weren't going to to fight in the war i think it i think subconsciously the film is about vietnam in the you know just the fact there's that sort of ang- anxiety about holding on to the things you love yeah, yeah. you know and, and you know or or do you choose to leave your sort of town base and i've so i think i've spoken as i said i think i've spoken to andy about how star wars a new hope is an interesting post-vietnam film because that was with vietnam america had seen their own country sort of go to a war which 
was sort of unjust and they were doing they were over in this country doing these questionable things and star wars was sort of like bringing back a status quo on you know establishing who the good guys were so americans were the good guys Funnily enough, all the old, all the sort of the older generation in A New Hope were played by British actors, which sort of represents the old guard. Yeah. The Empire Strikes Back, it kind of feels like it's still got to do with Vietnam because it's about kind of coping with loss, like losing something and, you know, being able to start having to move on. And then regarding like the Return of the Jedi, that <laughs> that film, it takes place on a planet where there these kind of like primitive, like um, teddy yeah, bears that use are use wooden sticks to like impale people. Wooden sticks, yeah, and yeah. They, they, yeah. So, so they they they're the sort of jungle fighting force, and they end up sort of being the you know victorious at the end. So I think I feel like you know Vietnam is like a it's something that George Lucas has. Uh, whether it's it's conscious or unconscious that he has these sort of strong feelings about and I think American Graffiti I think has got to do with that and did you remember me talking about that? No I don't think that was me mate when when was this chat? I think it's before The Force Awakens I was telling you about the fact that you know that original trilogy is interesting but even like I remember what's the second Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith those films were around the time of the Iraq War and still it's like the protagonist of those films is basically a bad guy and you know that's what these western countries take part in an illegal war so it's sort of like making an audience sort of feel comfortable that you're sort of rooting for the bad guy i guess you know but i don't know that's just the way that's just for my interpretation of it but. uh so while we're on star wars then uh attack of the clones there's quite a big sequence in that that's set in a diner which is very much kind of riffed off uh American graffiti and is that when, what, what attack of the clones but isn't like even the original a new hope as the da, 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 da. yeah was it no, the cantina the, or no but when they're on oh, i forgot is it um x's diner i think you're talking about yeah yeah so it's very much like a 50 star diner and you notice that when they're chasing the uh the bounty hunter that tries to, to try to kill padme i can't remember but they jump into a yellow air uh, speed cruiser thing that's got the engine cover missing oh so it's very oh, much no. like okay, no. um, yes, John's, Kyle. Uh, John's car, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you've already mentioned they're both a coming-of-age drama and about leaving home. So Luke, when he gets the message from Princess Leia, he gets a message from a mysterious woman, and it's very much like Kurt chasing the woman in the T-Bird. Wow. Yeah, George Lucas, again, he uses vehicles as characters. So you think if you've got the Millennium Falcon, you've got Slave One, you've got Luke's X-Wing, and this you've got the yellow car, you've got Harrison Ford. Bob Falfer is like pretty much a Star Wars name anyway, isn't it? Um, yeah, I was yeah. thinking that as well. Yeah, it? he's got his black car, and obviously <laughs> uh, you've got um, Ron Howard's car, which gives to Toad. Uh, John Milner was the inspiration for Han Solo. He's very much the cocky, kind of older, cool guy. Yeah, that's what I I thought that... Um, I, I, I was watching that thinking, let's say if Harrison Ford didn't take that role, that actor could have been in, like, a contender for... Yeah, yeah. Or Han Solo, but I don't know who else was up for that role or not. Don't know. And then one thing I also noticed, which I didn't really find anything online about, but I didn't look that hard to be honest. But did you notice when John and um, Carol are in the car, she's playing with his uh, giggity gear knob, um, and at the end he gives it to her. Yeah. Randy, what what Star Wars TV show has done that recently? Oh, the Mandalorian. With yeah, Baby yeah. Yoda. So Baby Yoda's Grogu's playing with the gear yeah. knob, and at the end he gives it to her. Gives him, doesn't Holy he? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, these are great Easter eggs here, man. <laughs> but also, Ron Howard directed um, Solo, didn't he? Yeah, and... Um, Willow. Willow, yeah. Willow. yeah, yeah. 
Man, I need to rewatch Willow. I've only seen that as a kid. Well, they're doing, doing a TV show, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, On yeah. Disney Plus, yeah, I need to rewatch that. Okay, so let's go to One Word Views. It's the One Word Review. One Word Review. One Word Review from us to you. Except for Carl, who says, oh, that's fucking quality. <laughs> but we're not allowed to use the P word. Okay. No. Well, we... okay. <laughs> so, Andy, what is your One Word Review? Creepy. Day, uh, Kyle, what's your one word review? Yeah, loved it. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> it's not a fucking one oh, word I review, think is it? <laughs> and Dave, what's your one word review of Pitching. American Graffiti? Sorry? <laughs> what is that? Pitching. I didn't think you needed to say of oh, American Graffiti. I knew which film I was reviewing there. So you <laughs> spoke over me there. the end. He's such a good <laughs> What is your one word oh, review of, um, yeah, which one, which film is it? Yeah. <laughs> the Wailing. The one we've just it's been talking best. about for two, for about four hours, actually, it feels like. Dave, what's your one word for you? I didn't hear what you said. Bitching. Bitching, yeah. Uh, just quickly, we've not talked about the very ending. That that ending right. with the, the title cards at the end. Oh, yeah. Fucking dark, man. There's no need for it. I know. It just, like, spoiled the whole, like, yeah, cause... happy ending. Oh yeah, because Sheffield was talking died. about his hatred for that, and I agree. In a, in a fictional film, oh, yeah. it's so pointless. Yeah, Miss, missing in action is fucking hell. Yeah, holy fuck. But then, well, actually, we have one thing, Kyle. We haven't talked about a sequel, have we? Yeah, they did a sequel, and he, he's so yeah. Toad's not dead. He went MIA, and, but did I think did John still die? I can't remember. I, I've not seen. <laughs> I'd love it. to see. I'd love Probably to see. Like good, a, so. I, I can imagine him in a deer hunter scenario. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's a geek in Untouchables, isn't he? Oh, the worst yeah, yeah, film I've yeah. made. So, what's the what's the sequel called? What's that? More called? American Graffiti. More American Graffiti. <laughs> oh, wow. honest to God. <laughs> Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola weren't involved, were they? So, have we had any Twitter? Response to Shafi or well, firstly, one thing is that just going back to our last episode, unfortunately, we ran out of time that we weren't able to read out the comments from Fushing Godzilla. So, apologies again that we weren't able to read them out in the episode. But thanks to um, who are you apologizing to here? The eight people that have listened to this, no, the people that right yes. people that have contacted us and told us what their opinion of the film is. But, um, oh, right, yeah. At Andrew Lee Clark said, it's a modern masterpiece in the great tradition of Godzilla's origins, a bleakly funny bureaucratic comedy that turns into an intense, intense disaster and horror race against time. The triumph of science and individual mortality support the many in the face of uncaring slash ineffectual government. Wow. That Andrew Clark. That's awesome. Phil Rogers, just uh, he's a good boxing writer at Phil Rogers 81. He just replied saying, fucking awesome film. Yeah, it's a legend. I agree. And the great Lindsay Wilkins said, uh, yes. Shin Godzilla is an amazing movie, taking Godzilla back to his roots as a metaphor, especially how Japan deals with natural and nuclear disasters, plus amazing creature work. And um, at Billy Jarrett, you... Um, replied saying agree with all this seeing it in theatres was an experience that would be good to watch in the cinema actually wouldn't it uh, so thanks for the, all those comments on Shit Godzilla we um, we all agree because we, I think that film's amazing regarding American Graffiti so 
Lindsay commented saying that um, though not the first American graffiti feels like a seminal teen movie, especially the experience of having a last night as a teenager. Amazing soundtrack. But I'm surprised they paid for it, mm-hmm. especially since most studios didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, they want to make it a TV movie to begin with, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Wow. There you go. Thank you very much for all those that have uh, got back to us about comments on the films. Uh, thank Did you, you do one review, much. Shafi? I think even though we were opinion of this film, you've been pretty quiet. You've not really given um, much thought on this film. I can't. I, I did sort of say that I'm kind of. I kind of half agree with Andy. Yes. So I thought maybe because when I watched it what, about 15 years ago or whatever, I kind of just forgot it straight away, like just completely forgetful. But I, one thing I remember is just how like prominent that soundtrack is. Yeah. And I think that was the first comment I said to you when you when you brought it up. Uh, and I thought maybe my opinion would probably change, like watching a second time, thinking I'll probably enjoy it more, but. It's more so I kind of felt like I don't really like spending time with these people because <laughs> they all like seem like a bunch of knobs. Uh, yeah. But there you go. It's just, yeah, those three kids, I would, they just seem like a bunch of losers. <laughs> I don't, they, those three kids, yeah, they like, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. They, they yeah. I you just know. don't wish them well. You're just like, oh. Definitely oh. Ron Howard's character, you feel like you wish you'd just drove into a tree but, um <laughs> yeah you wish she got killed by a drunk driver and not uh... yeah exactly yeah 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 <laughs> not a drunk. um i know what i hate that when he talks back to that teacher hey go kiss a duck mm. <laughs> oh god yeah oh you're, you, <laughs> you're hard shafi what's your next film for this podcast this great great podcast mm. yes i'm so looking forward to this because i've enjoyed every single one of your film choices thus far. Nice. Oh god. Kyle hasn't. <laughs> and Dave is somewhere in between. So hopefully it's not a 1970s fucking or an 80s film and it's not some crazy four hour bloody thing. So Shafi, over to you. So um right, what normally happens is when I whenever we mention a film, you guys Google it straight away. Yeah. What I'd like you to do is not do that because what I've noticed is that when I do Google it, some of the film synopsis, basically this film, there's something <laughs> that happens halfway through the film and it's quite mm-hmm. significant. It basically turns the film on its head. And I think a lot of the film synopsis gives that away. I think it's best you watch it as, as you know, not as cold as possible. Right. You need to tell us where we can watch it then. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, re- I really hope I've already seen this, so I can go. Nope, seen it. Is it the one where Selma Hellick is, or whatever fucking name is a vampire? I've seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> Selma hmm. Hayek. What's her name? Dave Selma wants Hayek. to drink out of her shoe or something. Yeah. I can't. I can't yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He thinks no, they should be, the last they should be put on the sex offenders yeah. list. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyone, anyone with a foot fetish. Just watch American Graffiti. One step closer. So hmm. basically, our recurring jokes are. Dave and his weird foot thing. No, uh, no, don't say Dave and his weird foot thing. David is very normal thing to dislike feet because they are and horrible. <laughs> Everyone else is uh, a weirdo. Okay, anyway, so, right. Yeah, we, we say viewers. You, you're going to, I don't know whether you want to write this down, but yeah, as I said, please try and watch this as cold and not knowing anything about the film as possible. The name of the film is called World's Greatest Dad. 
Oh, nice. Is that, is that the Robin Williams? Robin Williams, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a Robin Williams film, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've not seen um, it. You've been telling me for, for years to watch it. Cool. Looking forward to it. That's it. Are we just doing... That's it. Any, I think we... Yeah, we, we've got nothing else to do, have we? So, just socials. Get in touch with us. Please send any questions, comments, praise, hate mail, or one-word reviews to the popcorn postbag at whodroppthepopcorn at gmail.com or like, follow, harass us on Twitter at whopopcorn or on Instagram and TikTok now at who dropped the popcorn. <laughs> you can also leave a review on your podcast app and please remember to like and subscribe. You've been listening to Who Dropped the Popcorn. Really appreciate it. See you soon. Laters. Bye. Bye.